Warning, this episode contains foul language and cases that involve child murder, adult murder, sexual and psychological abuse, cannibalism, and necrophilia. strange, spooky, icky, mysterious, terror-inducing, murdery, and everything in between. Each week we sit down together, or with a very special guest, and we talk about something weird. And this week, as another part of our October Halloween series, we are getting creepy and a bit true crimey and brainwashery. That's a word and I said it. Because we are going back to a topic we haven't gotten to cover in a long while. The dark story of cults. Horrific cult leaders, the crimes committed by their followers, and the very mysterious and strange beliefs and justifications for actions held by most of these groups. It is all so fascinating and quite creepy and also sometimes quite tragic. So get comfy with your hot apple cider and try to touch something extra soft because this is going to be a rough and bumpy ride. My name is Lauren and joining us today is not Ashley. It's a bit of a surprise, a little bit of a change up. Joining us for our cult discussion is none other than our very special guest and good friend who has brought us all things cults in the past. It is the love of our lives, Tyler Schulke. Woo! Oh, I loved that. Love of your lives. Okay. Yeah, I'm prepared now. <laughs> real. Hi, welcome. <laughs> Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me again. It's been a sec. It has been a sec. I was actually trying to remember. We had you on a few times for the cult series, and then we did that really cool fashion episode during the pandemic. Was I think that the, the fashion was time? the last one. Yeah, because before that, actually, Which we did crazy. the Queen Mary, too. Where we oh, went. the investigation. Oh. I will that never was so forget. Fun. <laughs> it was so fun. Oh, the running around like at midnight on, on the Queen Mary <laughs> ship. I know the ab workout for real. The ab workout Actually, just from laughter because everything that happened was hilarious, ridiculous, over the top, and yeah. scary. I'm gonna need I'm gonna need another one of those actually because it was such a good workout and I've been having a lot of October candy. <laughs> I know. I've been eating everything in sight, so I'm going to need to get fit on the Queen Mary, please. Well, I, like, thought I was doing well, so I, like, wasn't eating any candy, but at the same time, my partner bought, like, the candy corn pumpkins that I've just been shoveling in. Uh, So I'm, like, thinking I'm doing fine and then realizing I'm having the most amount of sugar I could possibly. Like, ate an entire bag. Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. I'm also happy to hear that you like the candy corn pumpkins because I'm a big fan of them as well. And also, candy corn just in general is like a very controversial candy. So it really I'm excited is. when others like it. I it love really it. is. Yeah. Nick, he doesn't like actual just candy corn. He likes the pumpkins. He says the candy corns are nothing. You get like two bites and it's like if that. He's like, you need That's more true. of the taste. Yeah, you need uh, that chunky pumpkin. Gotta get that. There you chunky. go. <laughs> get the chunk. <laughs> I love that so much. 
What is your favorite Halloween candy? Speaking of, I just, I want to chat with you about Halloween before we jump in, you know? Yeah, yeah, tis the season. Well, wrong, wrong holiday, but um, yeah. (laughs) Gosh, what is my favorite? I tend to go more on the fruity side than I do like the savory side. Like I like like gummies or like Skittles or like those types of things rather than say like a Twix or a Snickers or like a... Right. You know. Not nothing too like decadent and intense. Like, yeah, exactly. Fruity. Yeah. I feel I'm like it's you. because I can't stop eating it, so I just want things that are able to continuously go in my mouth where <laughs> right. if it's like Snickers or like it's like, oh god, I can't have another one, but I guess I'm gonna. Like, but I will. I have no so, self control, so I mean there I it love goes in my gullet. Right down the hatch. I uh I do love sugar babies though, minus the teeth sticking, ah. like those little sugar they're like butterscotch. Yeah, or yeah, something. yeah. I mean, they I stick had those to everything. Forever. I know. I just, I just had a flash of them in my head, and I was like, "Yeah, okay, I got to mention." Sugar babies. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I feel like I go for fruity. I'm definitely like a sour patch girl, sour patch watermelon, especially. But I don't know if you've had sour patch strawberry that has newly come out in like the last two years. No. It's divine. When I come over on, Monday I mean, better than to- watermelon. I don't know. I think watermelon's still the goat, but I, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm there gonna contemplation. Try and strawberry. I like the I contemplation am, on your face. I had to think about it. Like that was that was a real tough question you just threw <laughs> uh, Tyler and I are watching um, Halloween ends with his partner Nick on Monday, so Woo! I'm going to bring you some of that strawberry candy when I come over. Oh hell yeah! We can watch also, it end together with our strawberry. <laughs> I know. My yeah, gosh, also. we watched the last one together last year. And I mean, listen, there's a lot of things that we can pick out and say we're over the top and ridiculous, as <laughs> I think everyone would agree. But we still had so much fun watching we it. And our so girl, much fun. Kyle Richards from Real Housewives was on it. So we had to cheer for her. Very our girl. Excited. Yeah. No spoilers, but we were very worried for her. <laughs> I know. And she might meet her end in this next one, but you know. Who knows? You know, it better be great. That's all I'm asking for. Like, give her something good. I know. For sure. Yeah. I love also, and we may have talked about this before on the show, but I love how much Nick has gotten you into horror movies. Oh my gosh. I I feel like I wanted to get you into horror movies for a long time. And I like showed you a couple of things, but you really weren't feeling it. Now Nick has gotten (laughs) you like on the train. But, like, not even just not feeling it, like, like being in the back of the room, eyes <laughs> covering, pillow in front of, like, everything. Like, I couldn't even, I could only hear it, which actually might have been worse, because now you're only hearing the things that you're making up in your head. But I remember, like, Scream, which is pretty tame. I was like, no, no, Lauren, no. No, no I won't. Uh, no, now I'm like, yes, please bring it on. Like, we were, uh, we took a, a trip to Palo Alto for a wedding, and The Ring was on the TV, and I was like, well, we gotta watch this. Like, The Ring is such a good one. And so then I was like, it's okay. one of my faves. Well, he was like, he was warning me, though, because I was like, hey, I really want to watch the second one. And he's like, okay, 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 we'll do it, but just okay. And I was like, okay, this sounds like it's not going to be great. But I was like, I'm going right. to give it my go. And it wasn't. It was so hard to watch. I know. Just because it was such a good, I mean, the ring itself is so good that Ring 2 mm-hmm. was like, man, what are we doing here? I know. They really, they missed the mark on that one. But I'm still so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. See, and this is my, now I'm realizing, like, I know scary movies enough now that I can say one's bad. Like before I wasn't confident enough, you know, but now I'm (laughs) like, like, I haven't seen enough. I have no comparison. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now I'm like, yeah, I am already. I mean, I've seen some of the crazy ones, you know, like the strangers. Oh, God, that one was scary. I will say Insidious knocked me out. Like I remember sweating like on the couch like I couldn't. And our couch like. 
it's not fully up your back, so like uh-huh. anything could just come at you. I was Oof. I was not doing. So you okay get the chills up your spine. Like uh-huh. Someone is about to tap me on the shoulder. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. I love it so much. Well, as much as I love this Halloween lovely chat, we actually have to get to the dark and horrific and tragic chat that we have ahead of us. Um, All good words for that. uh, All good words. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to chat about cults, as we said before, and Tyler is kind of our resident cult guest who we have had on in the past. Um, But we are going to talk about some cults that we somehow haven't covered yet on the show. They went a little more... Not necessarily under the radar, but I I just feel like there's not like a ton out there on them. And my first one that I am going to jump in with actually has a Halloween connection. So we're bringing it all together, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. We are going to talk about the Hand of Death cult and the connection to uh, Jane Doe that went mysterious for about three decades called the Orange Socks Girl. The so, Orange Socks Girl. I know. Wait, why does that already sound... It's not familiar. These are obscure ones, but that does, doesn't that sound like something? It already does. I mean, that's the thing is, like, she wasn't necessarily obscure. It was just found out years later that she could even have a connection to a cult, possibly. But, I mean, ah. Orange Socks Girl is a murder that you may have heard of. She was a Jane Doe for, like, 37 years. It's crazy. Okay. Um, so, Halloween 1979. Um, we're in Texas. The Williamson County Sheriff's Office found the body of a young woman face down in a culvert. And I can't lie, I had to look up what a culvert was. I was going to say, I, I, I was like, is it a ditch? We're starting off hard here. <laughs> is it a ditch? Is it a hole? I didn't know what it was. So a culvert is a tunnel going under a road or a railroad for water drainage. It's like those big silver like tubes that you see those big tunnels that are like under a hillside that are like sewers basically oh. and you or they might be like under an overpass and they're shooting out and draining water and like they're big enough for people to like fit in like i feel like kids will be like smoking in them after school or something spooky, okay right? okay yes yeah, so that's a culvert <laughs> i had to look it up culvert um, yes so they find a woman face down in a culvert um and it's along Interstate 35, just north of Georgetown, Texas. It's I estimated- see the... I, sorry, I just looked it up. It looks like, like any scary horror film, like the thing like like It, or like any of those things yes. where people go into... I get what you're talking about. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's already creepy that like a body it's is already- in there, and it's just like, we're... It's Halloween, like we're just... It's a lot. Halloween, 1979, man. So, we're in Georgetown, Texas. They find this woman, and it is estimated that she died only hours before being discovered. So, they followed the blood trail from this initial scene, and they were able to find out that she hadn't been killed here. She was dragged here and left because there was a literal trail of blood that they could follow and, you know, like little clues leading back to this grassy area nearby. And then she was dragged, lifted over the guardrail, and thrown from the overpass where she landed in this culvert. So brutal, Ugh. horrible, like this person yeah. was was not caring about her in any way. She was completely nude, except for a pair of orange socks, because it was Halloween. She was wearing her bright orange festive socks, and that is how she obtained this nickname. The police could never find an ID for her for years and years and years. Her body was battered from the fall. And the abuse of the hands of her killer. Her neck was showing visible bruises from manual strangulation. It was clear she had experienced sexual assault. 
and there were significant amounts of amounts of blood found both at the murder scene and the body dump area. There were no personal belongings at the scene. The killer most likely took all of her clothes and anything else that she had on her. And the only items found nearby were two matchbooks. One was from a hotel in Henrietta, Oklahoma, which the police police believed supported their theory that she may have been a hitchhiker or a drifter moving through Texas, mm, which was pretty mm. much the theory that they stuck with the whole time was that she was, she was going from hotel to hotel. So that was all they could find like for a long time. Oh, so they, they, zero they think, they think the matches were from her, not from the person who had possibly yes. done this. Got the it. person okay. who did it possibly could have been a drifter as well, but they, uh, because nobody was missing this woman in the area and nobody was looking for her, they also assumed that she was a hitchhiker or a drifter because they were sort of like, she's not from Texas. What is her story? Blah, blah, blah. Right, right. So that was their theory about her. And around the time this body was found, there had been a string of other bodies turning up along that same interstate. And investigators believed it was the work of the same killer or killers. There was also a theory that two people were working together. And they believe the victims might have been connected in some way. Some things were similar and, you know, it was all women and sexual assault, all of those things. However, even with all of these theories, still zero leads. In 1982, three years later, the police finally did get a lead. It was a convicted killer named Henry Lee Lucas, and he confessed to killing the Orange Socks girl, along with many other people. You got to be wary of those three names. I know. Sorry, I was just going to say, you got to be wary of those three names. John Wayne Gacy. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, they like That's another thing we've talked about on the podcast before, that so many of them have three names. And yeah, he was, to answer your question, I did write it down in my notes. He was called a serial killer because of how many women he admitted to killing. So they were saying serial killer. Um, His name was Henry Lee Lucas. And if that, (laughs) those three names sound familiar to any of you, (laughs) it is because... He was a a decently famous killer. I hadn't heard of him, I'll be honest. But, I mean, there's a, a decent amount of stuff of him online. He went around killing with his crime partner, Otis Tool for many years. So, Lucas, by the time 1982 rolls around, had already been convicted and thrown into prison for other murders that he had confessed to. But then, out of nowhere, he said, oh, that orange socks girl, that mystery girl that you guys have been talking about, that was me. And he said he had picked up the girl in Oklahoma where they had consensual sex, he said, but it, that was not indicated. It was very right. clear that, yeah, he had, after the fact, Force. probably had sex with her corpse, which is horrible, but, and abused her. Uh, he said that her name was either Joni or Judy. And he said that they drove through Texas together. He asked for sex. She said no. She decided to get out of the car, but then that is when he killed her and raped her corpse, disposing of her body after that. And he even physically showed the officers how he maneuvered her body over the guardrail to get it to fall down into the culvert. So he had a very specific story, like every detail. So they believed him and thought, okay, I guess that sounds like you did this, you awful monster. So Lucas received capital punishment conviction for the killing of the Orange Sox girl, and he stood by his story until two years later in 1984 when he out of nowhere recanted and said, actually, I was just messing with you guys, and I just Didn't wanted to it. take credit for that just brutality, kidding. blah, blah, blah. What? So I, which is the- a move I have never understood, but also I don't understand the killing in the first place. So like, but no. why? 
I think Why? that You're all letting the time. someone else that get happens, off. That happens so often where they do that and then it's like, oh, just kidding. I'm like, what? I, yeah, I don't understand I know. it. I don't understand it. I don't understand because it's the also, confessions of these people. And it's also interesting too because it's like, it's not like you can trust what's being said of someone who is being convicted of murder when it, there's like all this right. evidence against them. But at the same time, it's like you want to because you just want to find the reason for the victims or for the families or for, totally. you just want to know why. You're trying to get that closure. Yeah. And here he is just waffling back and forth. I know. So yeah, I, I'll never understand it. And it's, it's so upsetting that, you know, the, they thought they had this closure on this case and we're learning mm-hmm. more. And then he said, no, but actually I didn't do it. But, after this, his capital punishment death sentence was reduced to life imprisonment, which honestly, I have always thought that is a better punishment for serial killers to rot away in prison and not get the grace of death. But you know what? We could, that's for another day to talk that's about. That's for another day, but I will but, say that I'm pretty, pretty on the same page as you. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty, I could go I'm on and similar. on about that. Yeah. But yeah, capital punishment. So I am actually happy that his sentence was quote unquote reduced to life imprisonment and yeah. that he rotted away in jail. So what is the cult connection here now that we've heard? Well, know, no, I'm just curious. Actually, sorry, just really quick. Just curious. Was yeah. he then, was he convicted of Orange Socks Girl? Do you know? He wasn't like, because I know he's he, like, oh, okay. He, recanted he recanted and so then they kind of just went back to investigating and like questioning him more of like okay well then why did you admit to it and recant blah 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 and i think that basically went on for years until he died in 2001 so that that was pretty Uh. ridiculous but most people think he did do it and nobody knows the reason for then taking it back when he confessed to so many other crimes but that's he was just a twisted man so we'll never understand but so no. the cult connection with Henry Lee Lucas and Orange Socks Girl. Henry Lee Lucas and his crime partner, Otis Toole, who I mentioned earlier, have both admitted to killing over 30 people. But they claim it all was to do with their secret satanic cult that they belonged to called the Hand of Death. Oy. It was a satanic cult that had trained Lucas and Toole to be killers. And Lucas said he was taken to the Florida Everglades by Otis Toole when they first became friends and it was out, you know, in the Everglades, the middle of nowhere, you're kind of hidden in the swampland. So yeah, there's like this yeah. little camp set up. He goes there and he and others were trained by the Hand of Death leaders. And they were taught skills in killing, in rape, car theft, drug trafficking, kidnapping, and all kinds of organized criminal activity. And all we know about leadership, this cult is so strange and mysterious and no one even knows if it's real or, I mean... It is real due to some evidence that has been found throughout these cases, but also, like, not real in the sense of this was just kind of an excuse for the killer. Right, right. Like, it feels like more Satan worship going on, or if it was, like, an easier way of, like, explaining some of this. Is that what you're kind of saying? Like, if they're like, oh, yeah, it was this. How can we get away with our crime? I don't know if they're actually sitting and doing, you know if they're actually sitting and worshiping Satan and have these beliefs that they claim to have, or if they're just like, this is going to be our cop out, but either way they're, they're an organized crime group. And uh, so all we know about the leadership, all that is to say is like the leaders are very mysterious. That's what's weird about it. But apparently there was a man named Don who organized everything. And when Lucas first arrived in Florida, his partner Otis had clearly already been there a while and was sort of showing him around and showing him the ropes introduced him to Don, 
And Lucas realized this was the guy he had to prove himself to. So Don oh, introduced him. Fucking Don. Fucking Don. <laughs> this guy. He takes Lucas under his wing and says, okay, so we have this cult member who betrayed the group. He betrayed the satanic oath that we all have to take when we become a member. And uh, he has just betrayed us as a whole. So Henry Lee Lucas, if you can kill this man for us, this betrayer, then you will be officially welcomed as a member of the Hand of Death cult. And so Lucas walks out to like this swampy area with the guy and i guess the guy has no idea anything is happening he's like drinking a beer smoking a cigarette chatting it up with this guy and then when the guy leans back to take a drink of his beer lucas comes up behind him and slits his throat with a knife oh and don was so impressed by the clean kill that Lucas so easily did because he had already kind of come from a life of crime that he said, okay, you're going to be one of us. Welcome in. So. Oh, I wonder Lucas if that, joined... like, I mean, would that be like, that wouldn't have been his first kill, right? I don't think so. It's again, so much of the stories that Henry Lee Lucas told the police, they had to end up right. saying, well, we can't take them all seriously because then he recanted some of them. But from what he said, this was either his second or third kill because he and the reason he and Otis Tool, this other guy met, was because they were both in the crime world and like they were doing some theft. There was some like killing. You make of... it sound like you make it sound like there's like a criminal's Tinder and like going they're on it like oh no, this guy's not hard enough. Swipe the right way, like yeah, exactly. right. Like your profile. Yes. I'm actually BTK. I'm into like you know what I mean like. <laughs> terrible i'm into petty theft carjackings and (laughs) looking to explore more (laughs) exactly i mean that's what he makes it sound like like he basically met otis tool on the streets when they were both like robbing people and i think they had had to kill someone like in a scuffle during one of their robberies so it i think this was the first time where it was just like i am going to murder this person the other ones maybe it was more of a like in the moment crime so, yeah. but he did it in such a smooth way that it was like, okay, well, you have this, you are made from evil and you had this in your soul. So here you go. So he killed this man. <laughs> so and here you a- go. So here he is. He was <laughs> officially welcomed as a member of the Hand of Death group. And he told police later in interviews that he started in the kidnapping sect of the cult. Apparently there's different sects and like <laughs> different, different departments of it. Yes, different departments. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. It just like it, it just feels like it's like uh uh like like who are you? And he's like, oh, I'm um, I'm new. I just transferred from kidnapping, but I've been upgraded like or promoted to murdering. <laughs> like like what? Like oh, let's just circle back I'm, to that. <laughs> just I'm, like I'm thinking business I, right now. I'm admin for the bank robberies section, right. but I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping to be a supervisor by next month. It's what his email signature says. <laughs> exactly yeah i know and i was like i was reading this over and over like this can't be real but he claimed that it was a nationwide thing so that's why there were so many different groups because it's like there are people all around the country all connected doing these crimes and you know just kind of like checking in with each other and like oh these people are gonna grab somebody from over here and then we have to get the money from over here it was all connected and all just horrific so, well, it sounds like yeah, it, it they could have been other thing. I mean, there I mean, there's so many like little like small off cults that they could have been like a sect of the hand of God or hand of death, but hand not, of death, totally. Yeah. So yeah, because so it's yeah. like 
he's in Florida, you know, he's in the Everglades doing this, but apparently uh, Charles Manson was also said to have been connected with Hand of Death and a Satan worshiper. Mm. So it's like, okay, they were over in California as well. You know, like anyone who was performing evil acts claimed to be connected to this place pretty much. So, so Henry Lee Lucas, he starts in kidnapping, as he told police, and uh, he was in charge of kidnapping children and teenagers and bringing them across the border into Mexico. Um, He said because the cult was part of a nationwide ring, like everyone was kind of working together and bringing people across the border into Mexico to be even more hidden and isolated. And they were taking these people to a ranch in Juarez, Mexico, specifically, where it was already so dangerous to be there. And it was sort of like, oh, we can get away with anything over here. So... It's, okay, this is where it gets really awful, just a warning. At the ranch, I mean, it already has been awful, but really bad. At the ranch in Mexico, they would carry out ritual sacrifices, and it is rumored that there was possibly child pornography being made with some of the teenagers, oh, which no. is just so disgusting. I'm sorry to even say it, but I just want everyone to know how evil this was. I mean, obviously, yeah. kidnapping and murder is bad enough, but I think we hear about that so often in the news and in true crime documentaries that we become yeah. a little numb to it. Yeah. But the, they were taking children and not only, you know, abusing them, hurting them, eventually killing them, but making them perform sexual acts at an age where they didn't even understand what was happening. Right. I, I think it was mostly with teenagers, but there is a chance that possibly some of the children were even younger. And I know they definitely uh, kidnapped, maybe did not do any sexual acts with, but kidnapped very young toddlers to bring over for some of these ritual sacrifices because they needed the blood of a very young child for whatever their beliefs were. It was, it's so horrible. So I'm sorry I had to say all that, but that is how evil Hand of Death Cult was. It also shows you, though, the level of, like, like, and I'm not trying to say, like, you know, like, certain acts, whatever, but, like, with cults, you know, there's certain things that seem off limits. Like, even in the sense of, like, in prison, it's like they kill anyone that's done something to children. So it's like you've now, you've moved into a completely different territory now. Not because the things, like you said, were not bad before, but now you've, you've, you've upped the ante in the sense of, like, you're evil. So evil. I also had like goosebumps from it. Like it got like, it's like, can you see? Like, it's just like, it's like, so it's so. It makes your hair mm, stand mm, up. mm, It's mm, so, mm, yeah, yeah. it makes me feel sick to my stomach. And it's, I, especially since I've become a mom and Ashley and I talk about this sometimes, I, it's so much harder for me to talk about anything that involves kids now being hurt. So this, even as I was typing it out earlier, I just had such a pit in my stomach about it. But I thought it was important to just briefly mention to show like how far these people went and how terrible it yeah. was. So Yeah, truly. And also I don't Ooh. know that it's not gonna be mentioned in my section either. So Yeah, well, I know. That's <gasps> what happens when we do true crime and especially cults. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so after a couple of years of kidnapping, Henry Lee Lucas uh did ask if he could move up into a team of killing because he said as much as he knew he was doing a good job of the kidnapping and bringing people across the border he knew his talent was in taking another person's life he knew what he was he was very self-aware he was like i'm evil i'm good at this i recognize it and like hail satan let me let me kill some people out there so that is when he and his crime partner from before otis tool got to partner Mm -hmm. together once again and really went crazy 
Um, they blamed it all on their worship to Satan once again and their cult leaders, asking them to do it and giving them missions. But again, they uh, admitted to killing 30 people and possibly there were more that, you know, weren't even recorded. 30 so, people. Yeah. Which all, yeah. Is already nuts. That is nuts. Mm-hmm. And again, the Hand of Death has connections to killers such as Son of Sam and Charles Manson. No one knows anything about it other than its connection to serial killers and horrible cult leaders. And I am terrified by that because I wonder, what if these people are still around? I need more Uh info, but it, Uh it really is hard to dig stuff up on them. And we don't have serial killers really anymore because of all of the advancements in science nobody can get away with anything anymore so i feel like we don't right we don't have that but i do worry that there's like an underground hand of death still around and that terrifies me hey, to my core. i mean i i don't i wouldn't say that i would take it out as a possibility for sure like that yeah there's yeah. you know and also you have to think about any children that were born into a cult um mm-hmm. if they were you know brought up that way they could continue on um hey yeah you don't know i know you You have no idea like what people have been trained to do when they yeah when they were born into it and didn't have a choice and it's so scary that was basically all i wanted to say on the cult but speaking of like talking about something nice we did finally get an identification for orange socks girl so i wanted to wrap up with that and put those scum of the earth cult folks to the side for a moment so if you heard that i spit i went that's not very good Spit on, spit on. That was the the daintiest spit probably ever sounded. (laughs) Okay. So whether Henry Lee Lucas killed the girl in the orange socks or not, uh, she still hadn't been identified for a very long time. So it happened in 1979. And then over the years, police began to pick up leads here and there, but they all got proved wrong. Like in 2001, a photo was found that seemed to match the uh composite photo is that what you call it did i make that word up yeah the comp- i feel like composite, composite? Photos, right yeah, yeah. Com- composite <laughs> composite 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 uh the it sketch. came out of my mouth and then i was like is that a word you know <laughs> when it's like it's a common word but it still sounds wrong anyway but it's not yeah well because i've had that several times where i i, I finish with an n instead of an m or vice versa and i'm like oh i've been saying it wrong my entire life oh that was incorrect great yes. So it seemed to match, I'm just going to say, the photo that police had made, (laughs) that they had created for the unidentified girl. But through DNA, they were able to confirm that it was not her. And then a missing person named Martha Morrison was thought to have been the Orange Sox girl for a while, but DNA also disproved that. So every time something hopeful happened and it got, you know, the community riled up and investigators excited, like every tiny victory would then be shot down. And they just kept coming up short. So it wasn't until the 37th anniversary in death for the break to happen. It was almost like to the date. It was in October, getting really close to Halloween again. It was then that the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children created new reconstruction photos of the girl in the orange socks and kind of trying to put together what would she look like today if she were still alive. Ah, okay. And then along with that, which like there were some pretty impressive photos put together, more DNA testing was starting to be done on the socks that she had been found wearing. And it showed that two or more males were involved. Again, going along with their theory Ah. of possibly more people going involved. But for some reason, no further testing has been done in trying to link the DNA to anyone. I don't know why, if it just got put on the back burner, whatever it may be. But they Mm -hmm. do know two separate males' DNA were on her socks. 
and new DNA testing was able to find DNA under her fingernails and on her body. So these were still big advancements and big breaks in the case. And then um, in 2019, they finally had an answer to the mi- to the mystery of the girl in the orange socks when her sister 2019. saw... 2019! Of- isn't that crazy? What? Crazy. Oh my god. Okay, yeah, sorry. I interrupted that because that was crazy. Okay, yeah. I know. So yeah, it was like the breaks in the case started coming um, at the 37th anniversary. And then in 2019, that would be officially the 40th, right? From Yeah, yeah. I just did it. Yeah. <laughs> I saw you making Did you see me with my there. fingers? She, he was doing some math. <laughs> On my fingers. <laughs> 2019 would finally bring an answer to the mystery of the girl in the orange socks when her sister saw a forensic picture that looked familiar. So with help from the DNA Doe Project and the sister's DNA, they were able to find that Orange Socks girl was Deborah Louise Jackson. And mm. we mentioned this on another episode recently. The DNA Doe Project is so cool. It's a group of volunteers that just want to help get DNA testing done faster. And so these people are just working day and night to like get DNA figured out and test the correct people and do interviews with family members and track down lineage and go on these like genealogy searches. Like they are so cool. And Ashley and I talked about them on a recent episode. And I was like, I love these people because again, the stuff gets put on the back burner all the time. And like, why are her socks not being tested for these males DNA? Anyway, it feels like like a little group of Michelle McNamara's like just yes! like figuring it out, you know, exactly. doing any means to get the DNA and figure this, you know, solve Give this the crime. Family some closure. Yeah. yeah. So Deborah Louise Jackson was the girl. Deborah was last seen around 1977, but her family never reported her missing because she, I guess, tended to go missing and was kind of a drifter and kind of mm-hmm. out and about a lot. So she had been working at motels throughout the Midwest before she disappeared. So makes those sense match, for the, the matches. Matchbox, yep. Yeah. She had kind of been hopping from hotel to hotel. So when she was murdered in 1979, it didn't necessarily make waves with her family since they had thought of her as missing already. And that's why no one was coming forward like, where is she? And, and God, like, that's heartbreaking, though, already for a family. Horrible. Yeah. Just like this poor girl, like already, like it didn't sound like had the best family life, you know, was kind of just trying to make life work in whatever way she could. And then, you know, came to this horrible end. It just all of it makes me sad. But yeah, so but however, the sister saw the picture and, you know, like right away wanted to do something about it. So I liked that that she came forward. Oh, my gosh, is this my sister after all of these years? And Deborah's family now does have this closure and we can finally honor her with a name instead of calling her Orange Socks Girl after 40 years. Deborah Louise Jackson was found. And as I mentioned before, Henry Lee Lucas died in 2001 and no one really dug any deeper into the satanic cult or sex rings or his allegations because they sort of just wanted it to all die off with him and Otis Toole and... Charles Manson and everybody who has claimed to have been a part of this cult. But again, which I get, I get it. I, I do totally understand. That, <laughs> I get there it. Is that part <laughs> yeah. of me that like wants to know if they're still around? Like there's just yeah. so much mystery surrounding them. I do still have questions. And could they be responsible for more crimes in the world that have never been solved? Or, you know, are they responsible for anything crazy that happens here today that we can't explain? We may never know, but. Hand of death. Jean Benet, Jean Benet Ramsey, Madeline McCann. Let's just blame them for that, honestly. <laughs> for all of them. I know. I know. Every I know. The, mystery the, we can't solve. 
the stories that I want the most answers from. <laughs> I know. That we will never get now. <clears throat> so, so it upsets mm-hmm. me. I can't even, can't even think about it. I know. I know because I'm that person, like most of us, that I just want to know why. I just want to know why. I know. Like why it had to happen. Why you had to do this. I just want that. I know. But, Yeah. That's, I mean, I mean, great, though, that there was closure for Deborah and her family. Yes. I'm happy that that could come to a close for the family, especially, and, like, her sister getting to have that that moment. But then also for the investigators who were so exhausted and just thought, like, this True. is never, never going to come to an end. And having to see that horrific scene that they saw with her and her bright orange socks it's just yeah and we would i mean we've seen uh and i I know listeners i've seen enough of these types of you know documentaries or true crime things where you realize like the the person or like the head you know detective or whatever that haunts them for like Mm -hmm. their life like they want to solve it they want it so yeah you're right like saying closure for the investigators as well is a big um is a big one who are you going to tell us about today okay your cult chat mr tyler I know. So I was attracted to this cult. Well, that's terrible wording. But the reason why I was interested or intrigued was because I've only ever known about cults within the U.S. Like I know that and the U.K. actually. But like I know that they obviously are everywhere. But I haven't researched or looked into cults in another area of the world. And so this one was really interesting to me. I also was like at first I thought like, oh, well, this is interesting because it was happening in the early aughts. And so I was like, most of the stuff is happening, you know, in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, which was like the golden age of cults. But then if you really think about it, there are still a lot of cults around. We got, you know, FLDS, whatever Caravallo was a part of, the Remnant Fellowship with um, Gwen Shamblin, now taken over by her daughter and son. Like, so there are still a lot. By the way, they're doing yeah. an HBO show uh, of Gwen Shamblin. Um uh, really? And yeah, and so I thought Parker Posey would have been the perfect person to play her with that huge hair and everything. Ooh, and I was like, yeah. just like, yeah, right. Um, it's gonna be Sarah Paulson, which uh, obviously well, she's I gonna mean, deliver. No surprise right, exactly. There, gosh. Exactly. If anything is like terrible in the world, like Sarah Paulson will play the character. And authentically involved. and give like the performance yeah. of her life. The so I'm excited of a for lifetime. that. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. I'm not even but mad it's a, about it. Sarah Paulson can do no. it. Not mad at all. Yeah, I know. Exactly. So um, that's coming to okay. HBO at some point. Interesting. But right. um, so, yeah. So I and then I realized there are more, you know, still cults going on still. Um, but this one, uh, like I said, was in the early aughts. It's not it doesn't have an official name, but it was uh, kind of coined the cult of black Jesus. Um, only because of their leader. Just like what? <laughs> what, what are I know. you about to say with black jesus oh, i'm here for it. oh it's yeah it's coming so like i said it's not their official name um technically right. i don't believe they had a name which is something that cult leaders will do in order to stay almost under the radar like if you can't right. identify it then you can't actually be caught um however it got its name or it was refer- referred to as this because the leader had given himself that moniker so his name was Stephen tari i believe that's how you pronounce his last name um, and he is from Papua New Guinea, and he is a self-proclaimed black Jesus. Uh, he had been going to college to be a Lutheran minister, and he ended up uh, prematurely dropping out after he rejected the teachings of the Bible. 
So first red flag there. We yeah, got, there you go. For all of our, I was going to say, for all of our cult leaders, we uh, we understand that's a, that's a kind of like step one. Um, that is, that is just, like, everyone <laughs> has to immediately reject whatever they're being taught, whatever the Bible says, and just start their own religion. That is exactly right. Cult Which leader. is ironic because it normally borrows so much then from like christianity or from the bible every word and just Mm -hmm. rebrands it as their own for sure (laughs) exactly you have to be you have to be like a dropout first (laughs) in a in another life i feel like any cult leader would be great at marketing um yeah Yeah, that's how they get everybody a wonderful marketing team yeah which is crazy because he actually managed over the course of his run uh to amass a following of around six thousand people Holy buckets. In Papua New Guinea. And um, he was really notorious for having these flower girls, which were his concubines. They acted as his concubines. Mm -hmm. But the big ticket was they were often, if not all the time, underage. And their uniforms were extremely scantily clad. Oof. Um, So that started to uh, garner some attention. Um, He had promised his followers salvation, immortality... We've all heard those sure. ones, you know, um, that they would be blessed by him um, and received, you know, great gifts of material goods and wealth as rewards for participating in the group, assisting in his rituals, those types of things. Um, and even before, you know, anything came out about the cult's uh, inner workings or the horrific stuff I'm going to get into, the Lutheran Church, uh, which is very prominent in Papua New Guinea, they declared Stephen Tari, the leader, an enemy of the church. So there was already some notice going on. It was predominantly right. from these flower girls. And I, I want to put quotations. You can't see me, but flower girls. Like, you know, <laughs> I keep like, forgetting no one can see us but us. But I know, Tyler I know. was doing air quotes. This whole time. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so and also uh, something to, to realize is that in 2005, there was already an investigation starting from the Royal Papua New Guinea uh, Constabulary, which I was like, Constabulary? Constabulary? Right? Like a constable, but plural. Sure. Um, which is basically all, the all police. All them constables. There you go. All the, const- all the constables. It was uh, it's basically like, say. I like that. I actually like that way more than trying to sound out this word. <laughs> um, but it was uh, police that had the jurisdiction of the entire uh, country. Um, okay. And so they started to investigate him there's not a lot of information on that investigation it just from my understanding seems like he was put on their radar so like i don't know that he was necessarily getting you know looked into or whatnot but he was getting notoriety most likely because of the flower girls um what he was actually doing uh and this is where it gets graphic uh was he was raping underage women performing rituals both sacrificial and not but with murder being the most frequent outcome for all these young women. And he was apparently also participating in acts of cannibalism. Oh, gosh. So horrific, horrific, right? And it's so interesting because um, uh, we both ended up doing uh, picking cults that were sacrificial, which is not a huge thing with cults, but it is a, a certain sect. Um, So I was going to say, I feel like usually when we've talked about cults on this show, I haven't covered any that did any sacrifices. I feel like they were honestly more low key cults that like were more just annoying than anything, like having absurd, loud voices. But yeah, the sacrifices, that is next level. Because it's also like, you know, like there, there are different, and I think there are like three classical like types of cults. And, you know, one of them is the more of the, the brain, emotional, 
getting intellectual and getting you damaged that right. way. And then there's just like the like there's one that's just like full out like we're just gonna you know this. Yep. We're going <laughs> um, to do I a ritual the sacrifice, and you might have to give your own life too. I mean, we've heard about mm. the ones where you know the mass suicide, where it's just like, yeah, I can't believe you're that far in that you think that's the answer. Yeah. But anyway. Well, you, you, I don't want to say there's some foreshadowing there, but, um, <laughs> so basically, so, okay. So the first accusation, um, the first murder, uh, and rape accusation, uh, came against him. Uh, it involved a girl named Rita Herman, who she joined the cult at the age of 13 to be one of his personal flower girls. Um, but the reason being was her mother was reportedly the queen of the flower girls. Um. And one of the things about this cult is that he used members their family, they would bring in their members of their family because they were told, you know, if you do this, you'll get these, this wealth, or if you do this, things will happen to you. Like, so they would bring in active members. They would bring in daughters. They'd bring in nieces. They'd bring in sisters, uh, to it, thinking that things were okay. But they would, yeah, uh, they would make these women like, or tell these women like, submit. Like, you, you, by not submitting, like you're you're making it worse, essentially. Oh no, just sort of like obey and mm-hmm. like, oh man. Exactly. So her mother uh, took her when she was thir- uh, 14 years old, so only a year later, to a private tent where she was then raped and killed by Tari uh, with multiple stab wounds. Oh. Um, also, her sister had been arrested the following year as a flower girl. And like in my head, it's just like, if she had just been arrested too, like di- different, you know, like sliding go- doors, she would be okay. But her sister was arrested too. They they intensely interviewed the mom. The mom has denied any wrong. Like she basically said, like I wasn't a part of it. I didn't do anything. I wasn't there. But multiple people have said that's not the case. Yeah. Witnesses um, were there, honey. Jeez. Yeah. So um, so Tari was initially captured then in 2005 because of this allegation, okay. but. He escaped prior uh, prior to his trial with the help of a Lutheran pastor. His name was Logan Sappas, who that was assigned to. I huh? Yeah, no, no. He was assigned to counsel him on on what was going on and ended up joining the cult. Stop. Nope. He joined the cult instead. Helped him escape. So now back in hiding, Tari was able to cultivate an honor guard. He recruited new members of flower girls from neighboring remote villages, promising them blessings of wealth in exchange for, you know, in, uh, in his rituals. And he enlisted only virgins, and it's it reportedly some as young as eight years old. Ooh. Now, it's unclear if they started, if this this started after the escape, like he like upped his ante almost after, or if this was going on all along. They're not right. quite sure, but it was more prominent after his 2005 escape. Oh um, my gosh. So he just like really was going for it after the escape. Yes. Yes. He, oh. yeah. It, Wait, it, was, it was bad. In, 2000, uh, in June 2006, uh, about 50 of Tari's followers, including about 30 of his flower girls, were rounded up uh, in an operation by the police, and those follows publicly uh, renounced Tari and reconciled with their respective churches. So on a public stage, at least these people were saying, this is bad, we understand, and right. they went back to what they were believing before. Um, okay. well... I know, I know. I kind of... <laughs> okay. I'm like, good, but also 
what? <laughs> but you're right. still, I don't know. It's like you can't be absolved of everything, but at the same time, if you're making, I don't know. Right. It's, it's a I very, know. It's I'm a like, very philosophical discussion. Like, okay, yeah. Way to make a public statement saying we don't agree with this, but also, yeah, I wish right. you would also kind of take accountability for the other things. But Especially because you helped enact these, these yeah. horrible things. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, in 2007, uh, villagers from a rival village of, and I might pronounce this wrong, but um, Matpai, uh, Matpi, um, that's where he was staying, that's where he was located after he had escaped, um, they entered the village and they attacked him uh, and captured him. It was just a wow. group of villagers. In fact, and it was so rural that apparently a villager climbed a tree to the top of the tree to get cell service to then call the, uh, the authorities. To then oh come and gosh. get him, like he had they to were be like at the top of the tree because there was no, no other service. way. You're just yeah, in the middle and that of was how he, okay. exactly. And so, so this is like a group of vigilantes, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, okay, they were like okay. done with it. They were done with it, and they had known that he had been he had escaped, and so they're like no. And I'm so yeah, right. So they they did wreck him up a bit, which I'm like, I, well, I won't say anything on that. They wrecked him up a bit. Um, his trial was delayed because of his injuries. Um, but when it finally happened, he was only charged with sexual offenses. The murder was never brought up on any what? platform, never brought up, and they could not prove the cannibalism. So that was never brought up as well. He was oh. only charged with sexual offenses. I Come guess on. while they were still trying to figure all that out when he was in custody, he tried to escape again, but was oh. caught. Um, and so finally, in October of 2010, he was found guilty of four counts of rape and sentenced to only 20 years in prison. Okay. Well. That's not enough. No, especially that because. Sure, uh, sure is um, a sad sentence when he oh, deserved so much more. Okay. I mean, rich, sacrificial rituals, like, and yes. yeah, and brainwashing, just, Yeah. A and on younger age a women like come on yeah. insane a pedophile, but uh, like i the list goes on and on the list goes on and on 20 years in prison for four wow. four counts only four it so, also sucks that i'm not surprised like i'm i'm horrified and i'm saddened but i'm also not surprised like we hear this all the time people not do. getting the sentence they deserve getting away with everything so i'm also just like well yep there's and it's one. also hard too when you start to go outside of the u.s because we don't understand the laws uh you know of the court in other places so there could be you know we could be like oh this is awful but then like maybe this is a really good you know right? sentencing for that over there like you know we don't know but like that to me so i'm like it's 20 years are you kidding me like no yeah well uh tari didn't like being in prison so on march 21st 2013 he managed to escape (laughs) this little escape artist i know what a scamp but guess what and i want to learn more about this he escaped in a mass breakout from the prison camp where around 48 other inmates also escaped whoa yeah it was a big deal big deal and that was in 2013 Wow. Yeah, Dang. right? Yeah, that actually is more recent than I would think for a mass breakout. I'm like, that can't happen anymore. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. And then there it is. And then there um, is. So, five months later, he was on the verge of flying from Papua New Guinea to Israel. What was interesting was it's nearly an 8,000-mile trip, and he was trying to do it by helicopter, but we also well, know that he's a little bit crazy, so... yeah. He's off his rocker. He he thinks he can do anything, this guy. Mm -hmm. Are you an Avenger? Like, what? I know. (laughs) Yeah, what do you think? You're Iron Man? 
<laughs> so um, he had this cult follower named Mergen Wiggum, who what reportedly was... I know, right? She was reportedly a scout for young girls and virgins, uh, and she would bring them to Tari. That was her, like, her role within this cult. And, uh, I mean, a lot of, like I said earlier, a lot of people would offer up their young relatives, um, always yeah. female. Oh, and so that's sad. what happened in the case of Rose Wiggum, um, who was her uh, niece. Um, she... He performed uh, basically a sacrificial uh, ritualistic murder on the 15-year-old girl. And then the following day attempted to murder a 14-year-old girl in one of the remote villages in eastern Papua New Guinea. Basically where Tari had been hiding out, you know, since escaping prison. Um, Also, just just a side note, um, Rose's father was also arrested um, alongside the aunt, uh, as in basically being a follower. So... uh, it feels like Rose, no matter what she was going to do, these people were not going to let her out, which is super yeah. tragic in my mind. Oh, man. Um, so uh, at this point, and I I love this, at this point, the people uh, in the surrounding villages had had enough, and around 80 men formed three different groups to target and take down Stephen Tari and also one of his followers, Matthias o- uh, Ogumba. Now, the thing that's strange about this, and this is another um, topic that we could get into, you know, some other time, but he was 15 years old, this boy, that was one of his followers, but he'd also actively participated in all of these things. So I think there was a little bit of a, we have to take him down as well. Yeah, so, like the, this feels wrong in a way because he's so young, but also he was a part of this. And at 15, it's so tough because, yes, you're not fully developed as a person, <clears> but you know enough to kind of make right. these choices. And, and yeah, on you the can't flip fully side of it, it, at the flip side of it, they were sacrificing and raping 15, 14, earlier right. than that. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah, it's a, it's a discussion for sure. Right. Um, oh, man. But uh, on August 29th, 2013, one of the groups went after Tari uh, himself in the morning while he was doing his ritual oblations, and he fled, running uh, into the second group, which the second group ended up killing him, while the third group killed the accomplice, uh, Matis, or Matisse. So it wasn't until after he was dug up from his very shallow grave that the men, uh, oh, by the way, the men had dragged him into this grave with cane ropes around his neck. Um, that the nature of his injuries were discovered um, and medically examined. It looked like he had been chopped and slashed with large bush knives on his arms, legs, chest, and stomach to where his intestines were coming out. Um, and uh, he was also castrated. Whoa. <clears throat> and he no was left mercy. There. No mercy. And there was an investigation that was opened up to follow kind of what had happened. Uh, I couldn't find any information on that investigation it sounds like it just kind of disappeared with the wind as if they were like you know what you took care of him you did what you had to do and it's gone um there it is gone with the wind right yeah i i'm not gonna lie i was kind of hoping you would say that and that's like (laughs) that is something that i always feel bad for saying on this podcast because i feel like there are so many times i really feel like uh, that I'm on the same side as the vigilantes. I know that murder is never right. Like it is mm-hmm. never the answer to take another one's life regardless. Unless, I mean, in complete, a complete act of self-defense when you're being right. attacked. An you know? actual like, act of it. Yeah. 
Right. But I, there, we hear so many stories like this where it's like, you just, you took this evil force from the world and it's hard for me to be super upset. And I feel like the authorities especially were agreeing because, with that. Yeah. And it's especially because it was, it was, <laughs> I know it still feels so weird to like support this or like try to like defend, but it's like, right. it was a group of, of, of over 80 men who were trying to protect their villages. They'd seen their daughters, yeah. they'd seen their nieces, they'd seen the their men wives, were standing they'd up seen for their the women, mothers. which is beautiful. Yeah. Also. Uh, and so I thought that was really, was something of note. Um, yeah. It, it, and, and a community being like, we are tired of this and we understand how we're going to stop it and we, we have to. Because again, if yeah. you think about it, you know, probably some of these men were part of the original capture group. Right. You know, if you think about it, because it all happened around the same areas. So... And they were like, okay, the first time we called the authorities and thought that was enough. And this guy right. keeps escaping and wiggling escaping. his way out. So we just have to end it. Like, he That's seems it. like this guy just would never stop. So Yeah. And so they took matters into their own hands. And it seemed like wow. the police agreed with it. And so, yeah. um, but I also, I mean, but also to think like 2013 is just so close to where we are now. I that, know. Um, and it's a wonder that we didn't hear more about it. Yeah, I had no idea. This happens all the time. I mean, there was, even when I was doing research for this episode, like it was hard to even just pick one cult to focus on. I obviously ended up picking a story that talked about Halloween because that was, you know, I'm making the connection to October, but I, there are so many cults and fascinating and brutal and crazy stories out there that I can't believe like we have never heard of before and that like weren't making big headlines and granted this happened in you know another country but at the same time i'm just like why like how did how do i not know about this as invested in crime and in like the cult world in general as i am i was just surprised because that is that's wild yeah and i have a i have a i don't know if this is controversial i'm just curious about it uh about your answer how do you feel about these shows say like Dahmer? Where we're giving, you know, this serial killer a platform of 10 episodes. How do you, how do you, I mean, did you fit, did you watch it? Did you, uh, I did watch it. it. And so, I mean, I did too, absolutely. It is controversial. And like, that is the thing I get asked the most because everyone is talking about Dahmer right now. And everybody, of course, is asking me if I've watched it because they know my interests in true crime. And they're like, oh, I bet you're watching Dahmer. And I said, yeah, I watched it all the way through. And then it's immediately like, do you think these shows should continue to be made? And I, to be honest, I'm very split on it because to me, I didn't think it was glorifying Dahmer. I thought it See, was I didn't showing either. like I didn't who either. he was okay. truly as a person. I think it was making him look even more disgusting than we knew. Like, I don't think I, I know that it was showing his troubled family life and so that's what people are mad about. They're like, they're getting us to sympathize with him. Like he had a hard life, but no, I... I think he had a life that like many people have lived many being from broken do. families uh-huh. and they still Absolutely. go on to be normal. So I still think the monstrosity that he became is not defendable. And I didn't get sympathy at all from the show. I think I didn't either. Be- I didn't either. I, yeah, I didn't, I did not think he was glorified. I know Evan Peters looked super hot in the show and that's another well, thing that people are mad the about. Things, They're like, look though. at well, his body. The They're though. sexualizing him. But yeah, but also, Dahmer was... Dahmer, Dahmer was, was very sexy. invested in working yes. out in his physique. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I, you can say someone's sexy and also hate their guts. Like I, and totally. he, that was something that was so interesting about him is, you know, is charismatic, but not in the way that he talked, just in the way that he was. Um, yeah. But it doesn't mean he's a good person or we're glorifying it at all. And I think that the no. true cornerstone of that show is Niecy Nash. 
and her oh my god i mean i have goosebumps right now again <laughs> yeah she's in the she's, racial she's discussion of the, of the show i thought was amazing and that was but a side of the story that i hadn't heard yeah it, oh absolutely and not just that though she was this like kind of conduit to the victims mm-hmm. and and i felt that like without her it would have been glorifying but with her we had this really base understanding of the horrific things that he's doing and how it affected people's lives. And um, I don't want to spoil anything, but there is a, you know, uh, I think most people know that he's not alive now. In in his death, I think they did a phenomenal job editing it because you don't have sympathy for him. And mm-hmm. and it's it's brutal, but it's you don't, you know? And I think yeah. that's what's more important. Um, and I think, you know, I don't think we're glorifying him it in it i think sure there were things that were taken with liberty you know because sex sells yeah. and and you know horror totally. sells and stuff you like that you have to dramatize things and do what you have to do but no i don't think he was glorified at all right and i think also them showing the victims at the end making that the prominence mm-hmm. making sure that the, the after that it's done any of the text that comes on is not about Dahmer. it is not about his family it is about the victims the victims and that's yep. what it should be about so i i think that it's always if it's done in good taste um and you know it's always going to be an opinion you know whether it's mine or someone else's like if they're going to like it or not but right uh i do like these series obviously because it tickles my true crime funny bone but like at the same t- funny bone no <laughs> it tickles my need i don't know i know yeah um, i know what you mean but it also is enlightening us on an era of something that happened that we might not know the full facts about, you know? Yeah, that's, again, that's why I liked it, is I just always knew Dahmer as this man who was out at the gay bars, taking men home, killing them, and then eating them, having cannibalistic weight. So it was like right. he was the like first cannibalistic serial killer I'd heard about, so I just sort of like thought, oh man, what an, that is true evil. I'd never heard of anything like that. But then learning the story that like, oh, no, he lived in this certain neighborhood on purpose because he knew police were not going Mm -hmm. to be patrolling the area as much. They weren't going to give a shit. No one was going to be missing these people that he was targeting a specific neighborhood, a specific like income group of people. Yeah, yeah, a very specific group of people. Then it turned out to be it was sort of like. I didn't know any of that. And knowing that so many neighbors called the police and tried to tell on him and the police didn't care. Like, I didn't know of all of, I knew like a little bit of that, but I didn't know how deep it went. And then that's the other thing is like Nisi Nash was incredible and like, whatever. I know some of those conversations were made up for TV because they happened between, you know, someone who is dead now and will never know the truth. But like knowing that her character was a real person and that these were all real people who were involved in trying to take this man down and then like seeing the moment where people got to talk to him in court like those were all also real Mm -hmm. people and i like Mm -hmm. i found real footage of those people online getting to like scream at him in court and tell him how much he broke their family it was like i as hard as it was to watch it's a very hard watch i get why some people Mm -hmm. had to stop it after the first episode it's dark it's sad it's disturbing but i like that they made it so gritty and real because that is the truth of Dahmer and I don't think it was glorified in any way because it was it was showing how horrific it was and it was trying to honor the victims and the families and the people that fought for justice and so and also showing that he was not insane he did it all out of his own volition he knew what he was doing oh, yeah. and that he is totally that knew. is very important that is an Even, important aspect yeah. Again, that's another part, like the investigation when they're talking to him at the end when, you know, he's been caught and he's in jail and they're like, we we can do a plea of insanity. Like there are ways around this. And, he and he's like, like no. but I, 
I'm, I'm not. not. I know. I know what I did. But also, didn't it make you so mad when you started to see the popularity it was gaining? And then I'm like, well, we've heard of this, though. And I just don't get why people like like I'm like we're obsessed with, say, true crime or serial killers or whatever in, in a healthy way. When you start right. to glorify them as stars, that's when right. you're like, what is happening with our society? That's why when are we take it too far. Yeah. Real people have been killed. Real families are affected. This right. is not a film, you know, type of mm-hmm. thing that's, like, so interesting. It's so... Yeah, because I've, I've seen girls who wear t-shirts, like, I can't even think of what the quote is now. It's, like, some dumb quote, like, I'm gonna, like, I have an appetite, like, Dahmer, and, a, like, something like oh. Bundy. And, like, yeah, when I see that, where I'm like, oh, you are sexualizing them, and you are no. putting them on a pedestal, I have a problem with that, and there is such a line... I am interested in the stories. I'm interested in the investigations. I'm interested in the victims' families. That's why I love the DNA Doe project. I love mm-hmm. the solving the crimes and getting justice and just watching the twists and turns of these stories. But yeah, I feel like Ashley and I have to make that a point anytime we do a true crime episode is we are never trying to glorify these people. And anytime we're mm-hmm. like giggling and having fun with these episodes, like you and I obviously have had our moments. It's just because... We're talking about something so dark and horrible that, that we all you throw can it in do there. sometimes is laugh and try to make light of it. But we are never, ever trying to make the situation seem like we don't care about it and that there weren't right. true lives at stake. Like, we, that is not where the interest comes from. And yeah. there, there is a line and there is a boundary. But Yeah, and like you said earlier, is like it's, um, you know, kind of in this vein is that like it is, it's almost too easy to forget that it's another person on the end when we see them Mm -hmm. so frequently and we're just reading it through a screen we forget that like real people were affected um Mm -hmm. and i think that's something that's really a big takeaway is that in the end like just you know it's got to be for the victims it's got to be for the families and and we're researching hopefully in the means of trying to understand how this cannot happen again right yeah yeah anyway watch Watch Dahmer, I guess, if you guys have any interest. Man, I'm like, I don't even know how much I'll edit out of that because I'm like, it's a good discussion, but also, I'm like, we I know, just right? Really, Heavy. Yeah. We went in hard. We did, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you yeah. for sharing about that fascinating cult. I didn't know anything about Black Jesus. I know. I didn't know anything either about the hand of uh, death. Like, that. that's fascinating too. I, but I also, I did know about Orange Socks Girl. So that's really. That's just yeah, really wonderful that they were that even in 2019, connected. They were able like, to, well, yeah, yeah, but that they were able to find her, Deborah, and yeah, yeah. I'm glad she was able to be identified, and also, like, yeah, it was just an interesting connection that I didn't know about as well. But yeah, I think I saw, or Ashley told me that there is a documentary out about Hand of Death, but that it's not necessarily popular. And so I'm like, well, I'm going to go watch whatever that is immediately. And I need to figure that out. But I was like, I want to learn everything about it now. But I just, now I feel like our new cult series is just going to have to be covering these under the radar ones that somehow we knew nothing about. I know. Well, during this investigation, (laughs) I love that I called it that. Um, No, I, I, uh, I found like almost like a, a forefather of cults, but oh, like yeah. so many people have gotten, have been influenced by him. This. Yeah. But the thing that's the craziest thing is that like, I don't know that he was actually out to do a cult. I think he might've authentically tried to create a new religion, but people just adapted from him. So I would love oh. to talk about him. I'm not going to say oh. the name cause I'm like leaving that for like, Ooh, Oh, we better have Tyler back. Keep on. it as a surprise. <laughs> yeah. Keep it as a surprise. 
that just means you're gonna be back i was about <laughs> yeah, I to say that. i was about to say maybe we'll just have you back later this year but it's already freaking october and my god like, you're gonna have yeah. to come in next season which is already crazy to say i feel like we just started but anyway i know right uh, yeah i mean i feel like the that was gorgeous that was for you thank you and i i actually knew that already you didn't have to say no <laughs> i'm glad you felt that in your soul deep deep in my soul <laughs> um thank you so much for coming on we love having you anytime and you were just the best fill-in co-host as much as i miss my girl ashley this was thank so great you. i miss ashley too i know um, she it's her wedding weekend that is why she's right. not here yeah that's so, right well i'm happy, happy wedding to weekend fill in happy wedding weekend ashley marrying the hottest <laughs> voice ever <laughs> handsome joe handsome that angry, joe that angry not even angry just what i call it i call love. it i called it Passionate. buttery burnt toast because it's like it's like butter, he's got that kind of rasp to it but it's so smooth yeah he slaps some butter yeah, on that burnt good. toast we love it we love it that is all the time we have this week for Keep It Weird. Thank you again to Tyler for coming on and talking Whee! cults with us and just for being the best and ah! part of our Halloween series in the best month of the year. And Ooh. I know, I'm just like sound effects over here. <laughs> I, I le- I'm like, keep adding it, keep adding keep it. Keep adding it. And thank you so much, listeners, for tuning in each week and sticking with us, especially during this spooky month of October. And don't miss next week's big Halloween season finale as we are bringing you fan favorite and our favorite type of episode, Listener Ghost Story. Oh, yeah. I love those episodes. I love those episodes. I know. It's just the best way to wrap up October. And it is not a season finale, just a Halloween finale, just to specify. Don't anybody get worried. We still have I did. <laughs> I was worried. I was stressed. Make sure you are following us for the rest of the month on Instagram and Facebook, where we have been posting a bunch of content, but mostly we are posting daily horror movies that you should be checking out and watching, but also you should be engaging with those posts regardless because it is all part of our Halloween Keep It Weird contest. Just for liking and commenting on our posts all month long, you are entered into our Halloween competition, and the more you engage, the more times your name gets thrown into the hat. So we see you out there. We see who's playing. Just chat it up with us on social media, and it could make you a winner. You can also get extra points if you become a member of our Patreon page. Patreon.com slash Podcast is where you will find us and... That's where all of our fun bonus content is. And even if you just join for the month of October and send us a dollar, that counts. So come play the game for your chance to win. You could possibly win a Zoom party with Ashley and myself, which we did Woo! back in 2020. And it was so much fun. Getting I'm going to say that sounds already fun. That sounds fun. I would do that. <laughs> was, I want that. It was so fun. We all had cocktails. We were all just chatting about life. It was like supposed to be an hour. And I think it was like two and a half hours. It was so much fun. But That's incredible. You can win that, but we also wanted to put it out there that if you hate talking to people on Zoom, because we realize that could be somebody's nightmare, hey, we have anxiety, we totally get it. Other prizes include a signed copy of The Feminine Macabre from our sweet author, Ashley, or free merch goodies of your choosing. Really, the prize can be whatever you want. They're legit, and we can talk it out if you are one of our lucky winners. 
Also, as much as we would love for you to give even for one month on the Patreon to be part of our contest, we would also love if you subscribed and stayed with us on the Patreon because we do have amazing bonus content each month. We have two bonus episodes and a newsletter and discounts on merch for all of our loyal patrons. And we have some fun, spooky stuff coming out this month that you don't want to miss out on. So besides consuming all of our content across every platform possible, you're more than welcome to check our merch anytime at keepitweirdpodcast.com slash merch to find shirts, hoodies, tote bags, and all kinds of weirdo goodies. We love when you rep us out in the wild and all of the products are comfy, cozy, cool. I bring that tote bag everywhere. It is so sturdy. The sweatshirt is the comfiest thing I've ever put on. Go check it out. Three C's, the triple C's. Comfy, cozy, cool. Yeah, girl. And Tyler, what is our sign-off this week? Oh, our sign-off is... You know, I always should know... Get your cats and dogs spayed and neutered. Oh, are you Bob Barker? What's happening? It was the first the thing that came The price is to me. right, baby. It's <laughs> it the cool. first thing that came to me. But it's a good lesson, you know. I, let's protect our it animals. Is. Our animal that's what we're, that's, so that's what we're going with? Get your cats and dogs spayed and neutered? I don't know. Wait, should I say that? Hey, you know what? I mean, it is a good message, but I just want you to feel like it was solid. Yeah, it's funny that this always happens where I have no idea what to say at the end. I know. No, let's we'll we'll keep it that little Bob Barker memory. I like it, Bob Barker. Get your cats and dogs spayed or neutered, and keep it weird. 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 Yeah, you need uh, that chunky pumpkin. Gotta get that. There you chicken. go. <laughs> get the chunk. <laughs>